1: This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. Welcome back to the Winning Plays Podcast. Brian Rob is here. I'm Rich Levine. And no, that's not Nick Nurse in the corner. Feet on the court in the biggest possession of the game. It's Michael Pina, a grown man who can control himself. Back for our preview <laughs> of the uh, two sweetest words in sports. Game 7, Celtics-Raptors. But first, guys, Game 6 was ridiculous on so many levels. Uh Double OT. Pina, in honor of your return to the winning plays Airways, I'm going to give you the first shot here, uh, 12 to 15 hours removed, what's sticking with you from Game 6? That was brutal.
0: The,
2: the word brutal. Um, <laughs> that's a great way to sum it up. Uh, I mean, it was the best game of the bubble so far, I think, easily. Uh, coin flip outing. Uh, It had everything. There was humongous shots, ridiculous coaching decisions, uh, absurd missed calls on both ends by the referees, which is just this ongoing theme in the bubble so far. Um, And it had like a mega star performance by Kyle Lowry that unfortunately nobody on the Celtics could really combat or match, unfortunately.
1: Yeah. Yeah you're up got, yeah, you, got I, to, you got to sleep late we heard you imagine if you had to play a, a game seven tomorrow up late uh, on Boston Sports Journal <sighs> writing about this game what is still as you're dealing with this game six hangover what's sticking with you
0: yeah I mean I had to like ice like my hands and stuff after that <laughs> just uh, carpal tunnel you know, massage Carpal tunnel, exactly just really big minutes um, yeah I I guess to me just thinking about it now is I I shouldn't have been as shocked as I was that this game, that this series is going seven games because I predict, because like I said before the series <laughs> began, but immediately went away from it after game one. So to me, it was, it's a situation where, you know, the Celtics at least appear to have the better team on paper, but the the the, the Kyle Lowry factor and the heart of the champion factor has been underrated by some knee, knee-jerk reactions to every game in this series to me. So at this point, a game like this, this is this is probably what everyone would have expected for a series between these two teams the way they've played all year long. And um, we got there in a very strange way, but we, we eventually got there in terms of getting to a seven.
1: Is there something they could do? Is that legal for Nick Nurse to be, to be on the court? I don't think so, right?
0: No. And I actually looked up, other, so the only time they've actually called this, and you can, if you want to have some fun, go on YouTube. And I think Jason Kidd dribbled into Mike Woodson one time on the court and drew a tech because um, he just was on a fast break and Woodson was trying to, I think he was petitioning the ref or something like that. But that's really the only time it's actually been called um, in a game like this. But I don't know, like, Mike, that's, uh, I actually went back and look, Nurse does this all the time. So this wasn't just like a a spur-of-the-moment try to get Tice off his game or Tatum off his game here. He loves to hang out in that back corner, and um, it obviously – I don't know if it's – is it a bad look? Do you even care about a play like that now?
2: Uh, I don't – I don't know. I don't really – I mean, Tatum, after the pass, just kind of turned around and walked back, and I don't think he – I don't know what he was thinking or if anyone has asked him about it but like me personally i don't i don't want to get too caught up in nick nurse standing in the corner um i don't think
1: was, i don't think tatum would have passed it there if he wasn't there though
0: yeah i do think yeah that's a, that's the one thing. I, it, clearly i think he's, he's well tice was wide open in the corner
1: i mean right there were two you, guys wide open i mean right. i think you go for the corner three more than tice over a, <laughs> no no a, i'm no. saying
2: t- tice was wide open in the corner and everyone like i think that that was the read and it was the right pass to the corner and just tice was like not as deep in the corner as the opponent's head coach, which is a little worrisome. But, um, I mean, like in a game that has like a bajillion possessions and, uh, all these different awesome nuances and complexities, like I don't, I personally try not to get too, uh, caught up in what Nick Nurse is doing or <laughs> how he's trying to aggravate, um, or pump up his own team and aggravate the opponent. I don't really care all that much, I guess.
1: Okay, thank you for bringing us back to uh, back to earth, keeping us centered here. Because uh, we don't want to spend too much time bitching about the refs. I'll say the, uh, and this is probably the right call, but the the, the, the play that, that's going to be long forgotten just because of the awesomeness of how it unfolded, that nine-point swing with Van Vliet in the third quarter, um, that's a big one. I mean, and I guess that is a, a flagrant foul, right, by the books, that... that Marcus did get in his space a little bit. It just, I don't know. I think that that was, and it, certainly the Celtics came back a little bit because they forced it to two overtimes. But that was a point where I think the Celtics were in a position that was right after Kemba hit his first three. It seemed like the, the Celtics maybe were in a position to, to to knock him out. And I thought that swing was obviously huge in extending the series.
2: Yeah. Unfortunately, that I mean, they've been calling that very consistently. And, you know, the up and down, it's weird because, like, you don't, I don't know how you know what is defined as a landing space because these guys don't jump up and down. Like Fred Van Fleet kicked his right leg out uh, as he landed. And mm-hmm. so it's like you're trying to contest a three, which is what the Celtics do so well. But it, it, I don't know. It's a tough one. But actually, it's really fun that, funny that you brought that sequence up because there was actually this other sequence in the, I think it was the second overtime that really has I've been thinking about quite a bit and it was uh Celtics up four I believe and they get a stop and Jalen Jalen in transition just going right at Fred Van Vliet getting stripped uh, Kyle Lowry comes back the other way and makes a layup and that was just like so huge for me and it was one of those plays where you're watching it live and I was just like what is he doing what is he doing what is he doing please <laughs> like please pull it out do not just stop come on And I just – it was so, like, foreseeable
0: from a mile away. And so that
2: that one I just, like, can't get out of my head, and it's a bummer.
0: Yeah, I mean, they – what, they had three chances at the end of regulation in a tie game. Um, They clearly took the lead in the the first overtime, had to fight their way back there. But like you said, Mike, that is – that's the perfect example. And double overtime, just over three minutes left, up four with the ball, Jalen – kind of falling into the trap of just having the tunnel vision there. And he, he was got fa- stripped later on. Too. He got yeah, stri- exactly like, right. And so it wasn't, you know, he was fantastic in that first half. He really bounced back nicely after a real, uh, a brutal game four um, over the last two nights. But, um, I think Nick nurse, when he sees the box for after this game and sees Jalen Brown is taking three times as many shots as, as Kemba Walker and, and 50 percent more shots than Jason Tatum, then like, it's like, okay, the the, the plan worked. We not It took us a while to get there, but um, that's what I'm sure the, the the Raptors coaching staff wanted to see. That's not knocking Jalen. That's just Toronto's, I think, best chance of victory in the series right now.
1: Yeah, but you, and you also you can say all that, right? But at the same time, with Jalen Brown taking 30 shots, the Celtics are up four points with the ball in double overtime. Right, so it's just like at the end of the day, it's still gonna come down to those those winning plays, right? Mm-hmm. That's why we're here. Um, <laughs> a lot and, of winning plays talk in this series, by the way. Oh, it's fantastic.
0: Mm-hmm. A, lot of, a, lot uh, of a lot of winning
1: plays. When Marcus Smart is, is putting up triple doubles, uh, that's a winning game, right there. But yeah, as I say no matter what happens, it's gonna come down to those moments where you can't afford to make the wrong decision, and unfortunately, Jalen just made the wrong decision right there.
0: But Tatum deserve. I mean, Tatum was the more egregious defender, I think, late in this game. Um, just factoring that Kemba just had another, not a no show, but clearly didn't have any rhythm after the, the box and one, uh, strategy on the first half, uh, the, the, the pass to, uh, Nick nurse in the corner and then turning down a three at the, in the second overtime at the final minute and getting stripped and that essentially sealing the game there. Um, like that's, yeah. you need him to be better there, you need to be better than Lowry there, and he 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 wasn't in this moment
2: can you uh so last night we uh uh you texted us B-Rob, in our group uh text read about um you know what you should be writing about, and yeah. I texted back uh something like something about Tatum and him being disappointing and then this morning you know i I woke up and I actually rewatched the fourth quarter. And uh, both overtimes. and specifically do you, do you grieve yourself? No, I don't. I, I specifically like focused on Tatum on every single possession, offense and defense. And honestly, I counted two maybe three mistakes that I thought, like I give so much credit to the Raptors' defensive game plan, going back to what you said earlier, B Rob. And every time, like, first of all, he's initiating every single offensive position with Kemba. They're screening each other. They're trying to create mismatches where Tatum will be positioned in the middle of the floor with either Van Vliet or Lowry on him. And he's just basically supposed to go to work from there. But um, the Toronto Raptors are just, like, in the paint. Everybody, especially when they went small, like all four help defenders are just, like, uh, you know, they have one foot on the block and so or the or the elbow. And so they are like there's no driving lane at all. And I thought that Tatum throughout the end of the game, throughout fourth quarter, both overtimes, he was reading the defense pretty well, um, not forcing things. And when he did force things, that's when, you know, there was the drive where he was not shot ready and tries to uh, drive the clothes out. Norm Powell strips him. That was one of the the most egregious mistakes. Um, There was a play where he put his head down and turned the corner on Pascal Siakam and then uh, the Raptors defense completely collapsed on him, and he tried to find Tice under the hoop with a drop bounce pass, and it was just misdirected, and that led to a turnover and a, bu- a bucket the other way. Right. But otherwise, like he was assisting corner threes or potential assisting corner threes that the Celtics just missed, and you just kind of got to like tip your cap to the defense, and I guess if you're Brad Stevens, you got to figure out a different way to get Tatum going downhill in particular.
1: Yeah, I think it's another thing when in a game where he. I wonder how different that would be down the stretch if it's a game where he doesn't start one for six. You know, what I mean, if, if he comes out in a game and he's and he's and he's hitting threes, right? And 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 if maybe I don't know, do you think that strategy changes a little bit if 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 his defender has to maybe play him a little bit closer if they're a little bit more to, worried about him? You are always worried about Jason Tatum hitting his shots, but when he shows you that earlier in the game, I wonder if that changes things.
0: Yeah, it's a good question. I, I mean, that's that's something that. Both sides, I think, are going to be thinking hard about in terms of how to handle Game Seven, and and with Stevens figuring out how do we get Tatum going in those good spots early, and Nurse figuring out okay, is is Tatum or Campbell going to be the first guy we want to take away, um, and just kind of having adjustments ready for those counters. It's going to be it's going to be fascinating. I mean, given how the series has gone. Um, It'll probably either be down to the buzzer or like a thirty-point blowout in either direction. Um, that's that's what I feel confident about in game saying game seven right now.
1: All right, so before we talk about game seven, guys, let me tell you really quick: the wait is finally over. Uh, football is back. Actually, tonight we're recording this on Thursday. You might be not be able to be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures. Uh, head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And, okay. Game 7 preview, we don't want to live, live in the past. Fantastic Game 6, obviously the ending could have been a little bit sweeter, but uh, moving on to Game 7, and I'm going to give you guys seven questions for Game 7, seven issues that might, I don't know, might not affect it, there are some bigger picture questions, but we're going to go through it, and, and within that conversation, I think we can hit on a lot of what we've seen from the past six games in general in this in this series. Uh, so my first question, I'm going to give this one to Pina to start. Uh, so uh, a friend of mine said last night, he said, great players define great games. I think that we can say without without question, the games the Raptors have won, uh, Kyle Lowry has defined those games. Um, I don't know. It's been a sort of a group effort from the Celtics, but I think when it comes to game seven, Kemba, Kemba or Tatum, who are the Celtics counting on more to define game seven? Uh,
2: you know, I think it's really interesting that Nick Nurse in game six with, you know, it's an elimination game. This is the kitchen sink uh, scenario for him and his staff. Like, they basically started out and played throughout the game uh, a box and one against Kemba Walker. I mean, he was a clear focal point for that staff and a, a, a clear reason, you know, he had, Nick Nurse admitted to this afterwards, a, a clear reason why they wanted to go small in crunch time and uh, late in the fourth and in both overtimes was corralling kemba and getting so worried about him beating Biggs off the bounce uh in the pick and roll and so kemba to me even when he doesn't shoot the ball particularly well he is still so slippery and effective and we saw that in overtime um in both overtimes where you know he's finding tice repeatedly um he's breaking his man down he was fouled on the last play of regulation. Uh, he missed a floater near the end of the first overtime, I think, that just like hit the front of the rim and was just, it just came up like an inch short. Um, he had a really nice step back over, was it Ananobi or yeah, it was OG. Siak? Yeah, Ananobi, like with the shot clock winding down. So to me, like he's just this he's this he, he when he's on he creates problems that Toronto's really petrified about where i feel like with Tatum Tatum will get his cuz he just wakes up with 22 points regardless but when the ball is in his hands i think that they have a more like there's less movement on the weak side there's less activity with the Celtics defensively They're confident when they put Kyle Lowry or even Van Vliet on Tatum and uh, know that they're going to probably force a tough two or know that uh, he's not super confident right now with his handle around those guys. And so that limits a lot of what he wants to do. Um, It's I, I mean, my answer is, I think, Kemba here. Uh, And, yeah, um, it could go either way. It's kind of a coin flip, but I'm leaning Kemba right now.
1: So, B-Rob, specifically, I mean, I know that, you know, they came out in the box and won, not necessarily expecting that. Is that – was that the the root of of Kemba's issues? you think? I mean, there were in
0: the first half, but it wasn't a a problem for the club in the first half since everyone else was hitting shots against the box. And so – the, the, the issue came in the second half when they, they kind of went out of that and Kemba still couldn't get going. And when you have a triple-double from Smart, um, you know, Tatum was efficient. Tice obviously was fantastic finishing um, in the fourth quarter in, in those overtimes. So you pretty much maxed out what you could get elsewhere. And the the one missing ingredient there was, was Kemba. And so... It'll be interesting to see, again, coming off of 50 minutes um, or 52 minutes for Kemba in that performance. He still looked like he was moving well through all of it, but you wonder what Nick Nurse um, will come out there, whether it's the same tactic. But I, I agree with Mike. I think Kemba is the guy number one here. He has been the the problem all series that Toronto hasn't had a direct answer to in terms of being able to guard man-to-man. And so my guess is... Um, you know brad and his staff is going to be working pretty hard to figure out okay what's what's the best plan of attack here against these small lamps to make sure kemba gets into his rhythm
1: we haven't talked much about kemba being a defensive liability in these playoffs because he hasn't been but lowry was really attacking him down the stretch huh
0: yeah that was he made a couple of tough fadeaways and i don't know mike did you on since you rewatched the the end of the second overtime when 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 Pal hit that open three on – and Kemba drifted off them and Tatum didn't rotate over, who – Brad got mad after that play. I think it was in the final minute to, to put the the Raptors – either tie the game or to go ahead. Um, do you know? remember the play I'm talking about here?
2: Was it like a straightaway three?
0: Yeah, the straightaway three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I know so, that. like – so, I couldn't tell there. You know, you look at the reactions from Brad in terms – and he kind of throws his arms up and that tells you someone messed something up. Yeah. Um, and to me, I think it would have been just Kemba kind of freelancing off of uh, his man there, and for a double, and that you know he made a couple gambles in this game that he normally doesn't do, and I think it kind of cost him on top of the getting attacked by Lowry.
2: Yeah, I'd have to go back and watch that one. I do recall that Tatum was the one who kind of looked like he was he had a delayed reaction and then he sprinted out to contest the shot right so maybe he was just making up for i mean it doesn't matter whose man it is it's a wide open three-point shooter exactly um so i don't know i have to go back and look at that one specifically but yeah that was a dagger (laughs) that was an absolute (laughs) dagger um and you know this is a little random but uh norm powell also hit this corner three uh, late in the game, I can't remember exactly when, but he was wide open, and the Celtics were in the same zone coverage on that possession as they were when OG and Anobi hit a three mm-hmm. uh, at the end of game three. With well, let's point throw that coverage out. out.
1: Yeah, and <laughs>
2: I was just uh, yeah, I was like, what is going on here? Why, <laughs> why, why Like the Celtics, you know, they haven't like leaned on zone like the Raptors have at all, but. They go to it in these really funky times. And, like, the data says that they've been successful. But when they screw up, it's just, like, in the worst possible spots. Like, maybe we don't, maybe we can just, like, couch this for a while. Like, I don't really <laughs> want to see it again.
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, this isn't a, a complete knock but Jalen, like, playing zone for him, you know, defensive awareness has never been his strength. We'll say that. Um, he, you know, this is why he struggled to earn minutes early in his career, I think, because he would make these, you know, mental mistakes that are common for, for young guys. And he's gotten a ton better at it now, but leaving at him playing in an uncomfortable spot in the zone where you're forced into tough decisions that end up with open three from the corners, that's like, you know, you put some of that in players and then, you, like you said, you maybe you, you throw that in the the back of the drawer. I need that kind of a <laughs> that kind
1: of a look. Okay, to wrap up question one. I think that obviously Kemba needs to be better. Uh, I don't. I don't think uh, we're talking about the Heat if Kemba has as a uh, performance similar to what we saw in Game Six. If it comes down to absolute crunch time, though, when you need the basket, you know, one possession need a basket. I still think Tatum's the guy. Um, you know, I don't want a, a, a Paul Pierce is, isolation situation. But I just would like him to just carry a little bit more of the load and just be happy about it, uh, I, or just be comfortable.
2: Real quick, on that point, Kemba. I mean, sorry, Tatum scored. You know, they're down four with 33 seconds left. The play is to Tatum. He hits a floater over Lowry. Uh, six seconds left. Pick and roll with I think Kemba, uh, and he pops behind the three-point line. Hits a 28-footer to cut it to one. Um, you know, I was like thinking, why, why did, why was Tatum the inbounder <laughs> on that last play? Like, yeah. yeah, run the same exact play with Marcus Smart throwing the ball. Like, what do you, what is, what is going on here? Why isn't that like? I know they had no timeouts, but like, why yeah. isn't Brad <clears throat> screaming for Smart to be the one to inbound? I, I don't know. That the was guy, just like
1: the guy who threw a football seventy yards out of a swimming pool like two so weeks tough. ago. Yeah. let let, it, let him wind up yeah exactly and Tatum's probably your best target and certainly the guy you want taking that shot uh, that yeah that kind of slipped through the cracks something new to be upset about thank you <laughs> <laughs> um all right speaking of being upset question two uh does Brad Stevens need to get mad do we need to see a little bit of mad Brad and I, I think that's been one one uh one narrative the Celtics fans the the, the most the uh, the most disgruntled Celtics fans have been talking about the series. The fact that Nick nurse has been working and the entire Raptors team, but especially Nick nurse has been working the refs since the tip in game one. And it does seem like maybe some of the uh, 50, 50 calls might be going the Raptors way. Does Brad need to get mad? Yes. He does. Yes.
0: I mean, not super mad, but (laughs) here's a situation or here's the perfect comparison. I think you look at with this, um, when when Tice got super kicked in game five, <laughs> like that needs to I mean, this is on the players on the floor, too. That needs to get reviewed. Like you need to just like lie down on the floor. You need to do something to be like, hey, I just got kicked here in the face. And so, um, you know, I think it, it was in front of Stevens. It was on that side of the bench. But um, you compare that the no review there, that probably would have been a flagrant foul because that's just the letter of the law. And I hate all these reviews. Right, it, so it's, it's terrible, <laughs> and that makes no sense. Like, I I understand it's stupid. Like, the more reviews is the last thing that this these games need right now. But this is, like, this makes a difference in a series like this. And you compare that to, um, in I think beginning of overtime, when Tatum got fouled by Lowry, but then after he got fouled on the flail, caught OG in the face with an elbow, inadvertently. And but Tatum
1: gets a technical. But Tatum
0: got a technical there, which to me is. Bananas because once you get fouled, as long as it wasn't any ill will, like getting someone with an elbow after you get fouled, like, yeah, of course, my momentum's like, I got hit. What, I, I can't control my body here. But in that situation, the Raptors kind of made a stink. OG stayed down for a little bit. And then that convinced the, the review. And of course, the, the Celtics get, you know, the Raptors got an extra point out of it there, which came in pretty handy to make sure to force double over time. So stuff like that, I think... You need Brad to be a little more, you know, fiery in situations when the other team is going to such extremes and really the refs are buying into it.
2: I forget what play it was. There was, I think it was on Tice. It was a block where Lowry, like, just ran into him. Tice beat him to the spot on the sideline and Lowry just, like, tumbled into him and then, like, lost possession of the ball yeah i know the before... player right yeah i think it was that play where brad went down on one knee he was so <laughs> upset and he looked up at the <laughs> ceiling and he screamed i think i can't remember if that was the play it might have been a different call but yeah no i mean like i <laughs> d- was should... there not slow-mo of that anyway <laughs> <laughs> should should, uh, should brad Get mad. I think he should put on a retro Marcus Camby jersey and stand on stilts in the corner. And the <laughs> next time Pascal Siakam drives to his left and needs to find a shooter, he just waves his arms and screams Pascal's name. That's that's got to be the strategy here if you're Brad Stevens. Just be <laughs> like what, what? What do you
1: mean? Just coaching.
2: Um. Yeah, I, I don't think like it's funny to me that like I I personally think Brad's like I like his like just kind of knowing his own persona and not trying to be anybody else. And he's just like being calm. I'm sure he has like an internal monologue that's just pure chaos, but like his ability to, uh, you're saying just, there's some, there's some darkness to Brad Stevens yeah, but, that we don't know about. Oh, it? there's, it's deep and dark. I can guarantee that. Um, but I just, yeah, I like how he just is who he is and I don't really care about, you know, guys getting <laughs> going berserk on the sidelines. Yeah.
1: I agree. I think Brad should be Brad. I think Brad is who the Celtics have. I think the Celtics are very happy with 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 Brad Stevens. And I think even if the if, let's say Brad did get mad, right? Let's just see if he if he stepped outside of his body and acted like someone that he's necessarily not, and the Celtics lose, I bet you he spends the off season more upset about that. Yeah. But not being true to his true to his true Brad self. Um, well, you can be so, your
0: true Brad self though, and just you got to make sure that you get the refs' attention when something needs to get. If you're going to review everything in this series. Then that needs to happen for both sides, and that's kind of on him to make sure that happens. Like, yeah,
1: you know, so maybe it's something for next year. I don't. I guess I wouldn't want him just for Game Seven to be like, okay, I got to be a certain way to to sort of play catch up, right? If, if that really, if this really is something that's going to affect the refs and change the series, like Nick Nurse won this one, right? Once
2: yeah. you, once you though, like as a coach, you're telling your players like you can't control the calls, play through the whistles. But if you're simultaneously telling them to uh, either through indirectly or directly telling them to basically like protest every single time there's something you disagree with to either get a review or a flagrant or a technical called or whatever, it's like you're kind of talking out of both sides of your mouth a little bit. And I I don't know, like it's just it's tough. Like if you're not uh, someone who plays the game that way and thinks that way and acts that way on the court, like that's so natural to Kyle Lowry. Like it's just like, it's, it's super natural for him to lobby constantly and be so confident regardless of what actually happened on the floor. Um, I don't know how many guys on the Celtics are like that because Tice sure as hell is not like that. And he gets hacked
0: in all the time and gets
2: called for ridiculous things.
0: Um, speaking of Lowry, another one, one. the, the undercut on Jalen in the first first quarter.
2: quarter. Yeah, that was tough.
0: Like, That's, again, I mean, credit to Jalen. Jalen just, like, you know, shrugged it off and said, you know, know, I don't mean it. But, again, like, plays like that, if they're going to call you for rinky-dink elbows after you get fouled or the Tice, like, flagrant from, I think, Game 5 was outrageous. I forget if that was Game 5 or Game 6, where he caught, you know, someone inadvertently on a screen Like if that, it's just you don't have to tell everyone to make a scene about every single call. But when you know you got hit in a and put in a bad spot, whether it's a super kick to the face or someone taking out your legs, that's make sure that gets taken care of. That that's all I'm saying.
1: Uh, Question three: B Rob, are the the Raptors going to go small again? Because it's funny, Serge Ibaka had a great game when he's out there. Yep. Marcus Gasol woke up. The haircut seemed to work a little bit, at least in the second half, came out and hit, hit a few shots, which is more than we've seen. We saw in the first five uh, you know, five and a half games, but obviously the Raptors won the game by going small. Do you think it happens again?
0: Yes, um, because Norm Powell has not been alive in the series until game six, or maybe garbage time in game five. He got some momentum going, and then he finally was the guy that he had been for this Toronto team already with season long. And Gordon Hayward's not out there, so that puts Brad <laughs> Stevens in a little bit of a pickle. Um, Tice played great in this game. Uh, they, they really attacked. They probably should have even gone to him even more than they did with the, you know, just the lobs and the high low, uh, in the overtimes. But at the same time, that puts him in a mismatch guarding the three point line, especially when OG is shooting the lights out in this series. So. Uh, I think nurse is going to put pressure on Brad here and go to back to again and do it more. And I'm very curious to see the counter. Um, Do you go to Wanamaker and really match up? So you can have full versatility in terms of the switching. Um, Or do you look for the offensive board advantage and the the size advantage down low of Tice? But I think there's no, there's no doubt in my mind that they're going to be going small and they're going to be doing it for a big chunk of the game again.
2: Yeah. I mean, I agree. I, you know, I was honestly shocked that that lineup that Toronto played had only logged, uh, according to Cleaning the Glass, seven possessions during the regular season. Unreal. Um, It's so sensical to me in a league that's going in that direction. And for such an experimental coach to not use it uh, at all um, up until now, really, it makes you wonder again, exactly. Like it makes you wonder about. Gordon Hayward's value in a spot like this and how we talk about that lineup that you know the Celtics version of that which would have had Gordon instead of Tice I presume on the floor what does that look like and you know the the Raptors offense was pretty atrocious statistically in the fourth quarter and in the first overtime with that small lineup so it's not like they figured something out I mean they hit a couple threes in the second overtime and got it going with the turnover that we alluded to earlier with Tatum and Powell, but like, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, if I had to say, I I'd, I'd think like, I will also wonder, you know, if Serge Ibaka was a hundred percent healthy and didn't have that walking boot on his ankle, like, does that impact Nick nurse's decision-making or was it all strategic? I don't, I don't know, but it does make you just, my big takeaway just watching it all was like, damn, like Gordon Hayward would be really valuable right now. <laughs> and I do wonder uh, to your point, Rob um, how many more minutes Brad Wanamaker gets with the starters instead of Tice because uh, he's been terrific in this series and he's a pretty beefy ball handler who's been hitting his shots and I would like to see huh. I would like to see that lineup
1: well, I just I just I just want to see like I might question for nurse with going small is like when you do it because like are you just gonna again this is this is not something that they did all season and they had, and it was a it was a pocket of time and a crazy game where they inserted it and just rolled with it. But you wonder, is it like, are you now gonna gonna mess up your your Gasol Ibaka rotation? Are you not gonna start Ibaka? Uh, Gasol is Ibaka not gonna be your first guy off the bench? Like at what No, point I mean those will start. Do you, they, right. They so do you, I mean, are you gonna wait to maybe you go de- till you're down? I imagine if you're having success with what you typically do, you know, you're up six, seven points that you're not going to go small from there. I think it's more, it's going to be another situation where if the, if the Raptors are maybe seeing the game start to slip away, then maybe nurse goes to it. I don't know if he's going to preemptively move, go there.
0: No, I don't, I agree. Like he's not going to preemptively go there, but I think he's not going to be afraid to go to it quickly in the fourth quarter of a tight game. Um, or, you know, definitely if they're behind and, um, yeah, I mean it's a situation for him where you you're you're trying to take away Kemba Walker and his most valuable tool is in this series has been blowing by the Toronto Bigs and so if you find a way to take them off the floor then that's a good way to do it. The one thing that this lineup can do for Toronto is no one can there are no good rebounders on the floor for Toronto in this situation. So that is where you know keeping Tice on the floor. Just, Tatum
2: and Jalen are monsters. Right. They were monsters on the glass. So that, they, that, was, that was a big thing that stood out to me. Right.
0: So that, that that's why those guys could potentially just wipe the floor of that lineup to Rich's point. Like for there's a reason why I think Nick Nurse hasn't played it much all year long because it's can be very vulnerable. So it'll be fascinating. I, I, I look forward to seeing it for in some portion of the game, especially a tight game late, but it might not be, you know, the answer. We'll
1: see. Yeah, and I wonder about, again, how much more you use Wanamaker because it seems like, I think we can all agree that the Celtics are the more talented team in this series. Yes. Pina, do you agree with that?
2: Yeah, I think they're better.
1: Yeah, so I mean, I feel like I think feel like Nick Nurse is ha- is the one who has to be more creative. He's the one who's coming out and trying to surprise. He talked about during the and uh, one of his the first quarter interview, he mentioned that he needs to leave it all on the floor as well. well I don't know, we didn't know literally he meant he was going to be out on the floor uh, <laughs> at, at, a, at at a key moment, but he means that he's really going into his bag. He's he's trying to throw misdirections. It's almost, it almost feels like a football game plan a little bit. Like okay, we're going to start the game in a box and one, get them confused, and once they get used to that, we're going to do this. And it seems that he's getting a lot more creative. Uh, and that he pro- maybe the Raptors need it to beat the Celtics. But my, my question four is, uh, is there anything that the Celtics can do differently? Like, is it is it in Brad Stevens, is it best for him and the Celtics to just stick with what they do? Because what they do is better than what the Raptors do. Or, you know, I don't know if it's good to get too reactive and, like, maybe outthink yourself.
2: Yeah, I don't. I, don't, I think this is a really good question. I don't think that the Celtics need to make any dramatic changes at all. Like, who watched Game 5? Um, turned out great. So, like, offensively, it kind of goes back to um, how are you going to get Kemba going? How are you going to get Tatum going? Um, I liked... I like how they purposefully engage Kyle Lowry on the ball and pick and rolls to kind of keep him away from that spot, like as a weak side help defender mm-hmm. and a low man who can just like slide in and take charges and be this brilliant um, secondary defender that he is. Uh, so I like that strategy, and they went to that repeatedly over and over again. And um, but like I don't, I don't, I don't know like what else. You do. You're not going to switch up your coverages on like any of these guys. Like you're, it's everything is sound. You're contesting shots. You're like Kyle Lowry just hit some shots that you're going to have to live with. That were <laughs> kitchen sink junk shots. That's what they were. So if he does that again after playing like 75 minutes in Game Six and he comes out um, and he's sprinting around the court and wreaking havoc in Game Seven, then. I don't even. I mean, you just like tip your cap to that. I don't know what what to say. I, I don't think it's anything strategic that the Celtics can can do. What do you think, B-Rod?
0: Yeah, it's going to be uh, subtle tweaks, if anything. Um, I'm with you guys in that front. It is. So we did see the smart move on to Lowry in Game Five, mm-hmm. and just a, a determination to say, okay, we're gonna we're not letting you beat us, Lowry. That didn't work as much in Game Six because everyone else started hitting threes. So the switching and the, you know, really long things off for Lowry came back to bite, and they just had to go away from that entirely um, as the game were on the second half. So what's my question for Brassier and the staff going into this game? Like, what's what's priority number one? Is it is it taking away Lowry, period, and making everyone else beat you? Or is it letting Lowry get his and, you know, not giving OG and Ibaka and those guys just – the looks to, to get some momentum I'm not sure what the right answer is um on that front but my instinct is like you need to stop like Lowry's the head of the snake again and you and he got out of the box again in game six so
1: you need to you need to really tighten up on that in game seven 100% I, I agree with that stop Lowry and you know whatever you get maybe Van Vliet can carry can carry the the load for for minutes at a time random minutes over the course of a game maybe Siakam can Get into a yeah I don't know he can hit one or two shots in a row but like if you stop Lowry from consistently being Lowry I think you win the game. Do you need to stop? Is OG the second best player for the Raptors in this series right now? Man he's breaking out huh? Uh no question. I
2: mean, I was texting with a friend of mine who's a big Raptors fan, and they were not happy about the criticism of pascal siakam but i'm kind (laughs) of you you can you can
1: understand it even if you're not happy about it right
2: i'm like he is a max player um he's averaging what like 15 points and shooting like 36 percent from the floor in the series like
1: i mean nick nurse called him out
2: nick nurse (laughs) called him out um Pascal's been, like, wildly disappointing. I don't know if there's... I don't know how there's anything else to say about it. I mean, I think OG's outside shooting will come back to earth. But in a seven-game series, if it doesn't, then you're going to lose. So you're not, like, hoping for that. But he also just, like, has this really, like, rapidly developing off-the-bounce game where he'll just, like, go behind the back on a dribble drive to the rim, and you're just like, where did that come from? Like, you weren't doing that before the shutdown like it was like so he's 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 been absolutely tremendous and um
1: pascal has not og went between the legs that has to step back three from the top of the key at one point in that game i was you know, he went from daniel tice to uh jason tatum very quickly
0: 49 percent <laughs> from three in the series on uh jesus on 4.3 times per game
1: I do worry a little bit about that sort of mid-range baseline jumper that Siakam hit. Was that the second overtime? Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah it, that was a junk shot. It was a junk shot, but he looked confident doing it. He looked more confident than he had at any other point. He yeah, had two minutes left in the game to uh, to go up three.
2: He also missed a wide-open layup.
1: <laughs> and yelled, around. oh, my God, at the top of his <laughs> list.
2: Yeah. I think it was Celtics assistant. Uh, was his name Scott Morrison? Coach Morrison? Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think he, you know. There's the, you're not zoomed in when you're watching these games, but I'm pretty sure he made a face. Um, I don't want to call him out, but I just did when Pascal missed that shot. That was pretty
1: funny. Just like a, like a disgusted like. Ah.
2: Like oh man.
1: <laughs> uh, question five, guys. How much does Brad count on the bench? Uh, there were no. Uh, when was the the last substitution that the Celtics made in that game, bureau? Be right? I believe it was towards
0: the end of the third quarter towards oh, the end of the
1: third quarter
0: right at the right at the very end
2: um i'm they looking at it right one, now. they pull want to make kemba subbed in for want yeah. yeah
1: so so we see who Brad stevens trusts when when uh when it comes down to it in this whole game uh it's going to come down to it so uh, i don't know what do you like uh, do all these starters do all five starters have i don't know about tice but she's do they all have like 40 minutes 35 36 plus minutes in them
0: um, I think it's gonna be a feel situation. I mean, Wanamaker, I think, is a lock for twenty minutes in a game like this, just because, especially if the Raptors go small for more of the game. Um, I think he's just the type of guy when you're you're facing a defense that's playing a lot of box and one or just you know zone defense stuff. He's the cable of secondary attacker there that you need to either create a shot for himself or someone else, and no one else coming off the sub expense can really do that right now. But, I mean, after that, like, I think you just you, you roll out some guys in the first half. You see who looks good. And if, if they are – like, the bench has been real solid all season long here. So, I don't think you necessarily have to be afraid of them in this game, Mike, um, because they've given you um, a boost here and there.
2: Yeah, I'm just a little – like, besides Brad Wanamaker – I, like, he plays Grant Williams out of no, doesn't play him a minute in the first half, plays him seven minutes in the second half, in the third quarter. And uh, Grant Williams hits two, like, out of nowhere threes. Like, I Here's was threes. honestly stunned when both of them went in. 8-12 um,
0: in the postseason from three for Grant.
2: 12. Legend. Uh, making up for not making <laughs> a shot for the first four months of his career. Um. And then, like, I don't know. Like, you have to, like, Rob Williams is going to play. We um, think didn't so. Didn't play a minute. He well, it's like when Tice hits the bench. Where where are you going? Are you going to be small with either Grant or Shami at the five, or just kind of whoever at the five, and just be small with those lineups? Um, I don't. I don't know. I mean, they did go. I mean, obviously, when Grant they did do that in the second half because I don't think Brad is too fond of Rob Williams' pick-and-roll defense in this series. No. Um, but, yeah, it's like you're... At the end of the day, I look at Toronto's bench, and I'm just like, okay, uh, Serge Ibaka is, like, a champion who's played in countless playoff games versus, like, is Grant Williams going to be your five-man? Like, I, I just... I and I think Shemi Ojale just, like, can't dribble a basketball. Um, and so, where, what do you... I don't know. I don't have a lot of faith, I guess, at the end of the day in the bench, and I think they don't really have an option when it comes to, like, I think the starters just have to play, like, a shit ton. <laughs> I think that's what it is. Until
1: they're up 20. Shit. Yeah, and I, it's, it's a shame that, that, that the Raptors got away with, with playing Ibaka only 21 minutes. I mean, he. I think he came out with, like, eight minutes left in the fourth quarter and then didn't see the floor again. It would have been nice if that would you know, a little silver lining if if in losing game six they also would have had to play, you know, Ibaka 30 something minutes maybe he'd be a little bit more sore coming to game seven but you got to figure he can give you another good 20 25 minutes and when he's out there you know not that not that Rob has been a great option against him but I don't know are, are, do, we, do we have the faith in Grant Williams like you said B Rob you have the faith in putting out Grant Williams in game seven
0: yeah why not why not I mean he he hasn't looked out of place in the postseason I don't want to roll him out there for 20 minutes but I'm not gonna not give him a chance in the first half, and and you just have to f- get a feel for what you, how these guys are looking. I think the big thing too, with Brad, um, when you're managing, like, just just play Rob Williams against Gasol, like don't let Ibaka get off from three like he always does with Rob Williams on him because he can't handle the pick and pop. If you're gonna play Rob, like, either get him in early for Tice and so Tice can match up with Ibaka. Or wait till Gasol comes back into the game. Um, that's a that's a minute for minute situation for me at this point.
1: Is this a campaign to start, Rob Williams? I mean, right? <laughs> that, that, I,
0: kind of, I mean, it's kind of that's the only reason why I was like petitioning for it earlier this year. Because it's like, all right, if you're gonna play him, play him against a guy who you know doesn't want to take the threes. Um, Gasol made a couple in this game, so maybe that will change. Um, but for now, there's it, there's a far preferable matchup for for Tim if you're gonna play him.
1: Uh, question six guys who uh, do the Miami Heat want to win game seven who would they rather face Mike Pina
2: I mean I think I think that the Celtics are better so if I'm Miami I'd rather play Toronto a Toronto team that is kind of more similar in the way that uh, they're built to how Miami is built Um, just in terms of you have myriad scoring options, you don't really have two traditional, uh, like, big-time primary scorers, all-star caliber scorers. Um, So I think that, you know, I don't know, like, it's, it's, as we're seeing right now, these teams are going to a Game 7, so it's, like, such a splitting of the hairs situation, but... (laughs) (laughs) I think when I look at the Celtics and the Raptors, I see like two teams staring at themselves in the mirror and I throw Miami in this bunch too. Everyone's just kind of staring at each other in the mirror and they can play all these different ways and they have all these versatile lineups and versatile players. But I just think like in game six kind of proves me wrong here, but like when you have Jason Tatum, it's just the difference maker in a big spot and I still have faith in that statement. Um, I might be an idiot for saying it, but I would rather not deal with him and then also deal with Jalen, who we like haven't really talked about except for be making fun of that turnover, which is kind of <laughs> bad because he was like the best player
1: on the team in that game. Um, right, if they win that game, we talk about it. they're only in it because Jalen, to, to a somewhat lesser extent, Marcus with a triple-double, but even with the way he was shooting in the, in the first half. I mean, Jalen's the, the reason that they, were, that they were up early. I mean, he's yeah, the only reason that, that that was a game
2: yeah J- no, jalen was terrific i don't want to like any i had the two free throws at the end of uh, 18 seconds left in the fourth quarter or was it the first overtime i forget yeah first um, overtime
1: he's like
0: 91 percent from the line in the playoffs which is he's
2: just been yeah he's been great um so apologies to him for not talking about him at all in a podcast about him i guess uh, him like just o- overlooking
1: it's on it's on brand for the winning plays podcast we hate jalen <sighs> yeah you do um <laughs> i still want to trade him for john collins Okay. No, no, Uh, I'm I'm taking. I was sarcastic. I'm I'm making fun of myself. Sure. I would rather have Um, Jalen Brown than John. That's good.
2: I'm glad that you have come to that conclusion. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I'm going to answer this. I'm thinking Miami would rather play Toronto.
0: Yeah, Miami doesn't have uh, a guy waiting to come back. Um, Not that Hayward could be a huge factor if he comes back, but um, Toronto doesn't have that guy in their back pocket. So when you have two even teams, and, and Hayward has given Miami a lot of trouble this year um, when he's been healthy, um, I think uh, Miami's clearly hoping for uh, the Raptors
1: to pull this out. Yeah, I think Bam just obliterates Siakam in that in that matchup. And Jimmy you know, yeah. takes his pick. I can see Jimmy can at least neutralize Lowry or whatever it was. I, I agree. I think that Miami is, is fully rooting for Toronto. But uh, question seven for game seven, who is actually going to win? brian rob
0: i mean i had celtics in seven before the series and i went off it and now I'm, co- I'm coming home i'm coming back home to seven but i will say this don't don't have this be a close game late you need i only feel comfortable about the Celtics in seven if it is not it doesn't have to be a blowout but like a five to ten point lead like a solid lead Throughout the contest, or at least once you get into the fourth quarter, if it if it gets down to crunch time and it's anyone's game, this is the worst prediction I've ever heard of
1: my. It's whole just life. A, it it's, a, it's a total no, straddling, I'm saying, straddling I'm, the
0: line. No, I'm saying this the I'm saying Celtics are going to win, but I don't feel good about that prediction. If it's close late, that's all I'm saying. Celtics and seven is mm-hmm. my pick. I'm picking. Celtics I'm seven. Celtics. A comfortable Celtics win is my pick.
2: Okay, um, so. I'm B-Rob. Uh, Celtics in seven, but only <laughs> if Tatum drops a 50 ball and they shoot 60% from behind the three-point line and Pascal Siakam breaks his ankle.
1: But uh, apparently, n- apparently shooting 40% from three isn't enough anymore. Okay. Was that, what, was, what was it? the number? Was, was it the first game that they ever lost shooting higher than, th- than 40% in the playoffs? Y- yes. From three? Yes.
0: yes. Brutal. Um, um, I see nothing wrong with uh, that analysis, by the way, that you just gave, Mike. That's just yeah. It's just stuff. <laughs> I'm 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 pretty superstitious person,
2: but I guess I also just keep thinking that the Raptors are like this is like a last gasp. I, I, like I thought that game four was a last gasp. I thought that last night was a last gasp, and I'm gonna continue to think that until they prove me wrong. And uh, Kawhi Leonard is not walking through that door, so I'm
1: I'm going with the Celtics. I'm going I'm going to break. I'm, it's not going it's not going to be unanimous. I'm going to go Toronto. I think I, I wow. I'm telling you when Siakam has a big game he's due. It's it, he's due and it's going to be that shot he hit at the end of the double overtime that that ugly what would you call it pina? Junk. Junk, junk shot that junk uh, on the baseline in the second overtime will be the reason. You know, I, again, and it, it'll take. It's going to take Jason Tatum having maybe not fifty. I think Jason Tatum needs to score forty points for the Celtics to win, in Game Seven. Damn. Yeah, yeah. I do. I don't know. Uh, I, I I just there's something about this Raptors team, man. You you let them you let them live for too long. You know, and I think it's just going to be one of those games. You can look back at the craziness of Game Six, the ridiculous ridiculousness of Game Three. Game Four is an understandable loss, but those two games that the Celtics had. And again, you're up. You're up four points in double overtime. I just think they let them. They, they let them stick around. These teams are, are. Again, we say that the Celtics are a better team, and I think on paper they certainly are. But when you look at the series, clearly three and three, they're even. It's going to be a close game. And like you said, up, I'm not counting on that. That five to ten point win. I think it's going to be close, and uh, I'm going with Toronto down the stretch. Uh, not happy. Not happy about it, but that's the prediction. All
0: right. So you have. It sounds like you have Siakam for your X factor. In that, Mike, who's your X factor in the, or who's the, 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 the surprise contributor in the Celtics win in Game Seven? Surprise contributor,
2: um, hmm. I mean, my answer was just going to be Kemba. I just think Kemba's so huge, but uh, and the fact that they were in that game uh, and probably should have won, despite him playing so poorly as a scorer, is pretty telling. Um, I mean, I just keep coming back to Wanamaker. I guess that's yes. that's like yes. the... <laughs> this is two
0: years. If 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 Wanamaker wins them a game seven, like just two years for me, it will be justified. The last two years, he's just playing super confident and not really making
2: any mistakes at all. Um, and yeah, so I, li- I like I like Wanamaker to to continue to play well.
1: All right and who is it did you did you give your x-factor bureau
0: i mean it's it's one two yeah. Watermaker
1: x factors,
0: two Wanamaker x-factors um it's gonna be fun hell of a series um yeah.
1: so we're all watching on on kanye's 100 foot screen game seven we're we gonna be able to to pull that off
0: yep in silence <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's the way to do it
0: all right we will we'll meet up there uh We will be with you guys as well with full reaction, win or lose after Game Seven. Really nice of them to go with the 9 p.m. start on uh, on Game Seven. That will be uh, just make everyone wait around for another three hours um, on Friday night. But we'll be back with you guys over the weekend with reaction either way. And um, in the meantime, hit us up at Michael Pina. Be sure to check out all the stuff at GQ on the NBA playoffs. He's been killing over there. Uh, rich underscore levine and at brian t rob and at winning Playspod get us there and we will talk to you guys after game seven enjoy